You're listening to the Getting Swamped Podcast. Your number one podcast for Florida Gator football. Scared money don't make money. All right, folks. Episode one of the Getting Swamped Podcast. This is none other than your boy, David Soderquist, formerly a Gator Country and formerly a Chomp Talk, but I can't really say formerly a Chomp Talk because I still write articles for them every now and then. But special shout out to Brian Fox Jr., the owner over there at ChompTalk.com. And a quick special shout out to all the people already following the Facebook page for the podcast and the 150 followers following the Twitter page. I would have never thought in my entire life before even releasing a podcast that would have 150 followers already on that page a special shout out to you guys that's very humbling and i really do appreciate the support and if you follow me on that page whether i get to you now or later i will follow you back because that's a you support me i support you thing and that's how we roll over here on the getting swamped podcast but back in the saddle again man i took about I would say about two months off the podcasting world now and i decided i kind of wanted to go solo i wanted to do things the way I wanted to do them, I kind of wanted to get the chains off. So that's why I ultimately decided to create this podcast. This podcast was supposed to be in the works three years ago. And then I ran into other projects and started working for Chomp Talk, then Gator Country. So yeah, this is a podcast three years in the making, folks. It's, it's Isn't that crazy? Uh, but yeah, man, episode number one. And how do you start off a really, really elite episode? You got to have the best of the best on the first episode, right? Besides me, you know, you know, yeah, okay, okay, I'm just joking. But there is a David on this episode, and he is awesome, and he is elite, and he has one of the most popular podcasts and shows out there, and he also coined the phrase, never a dull moment in Gator Nation, my buddy, my best friend, David Waters. And Dave, almost 50 staff hires, I think there is 50 staff hires now, according, I'm losing count, because every day there just seems to be a new staff hire, you know, from somebody that, you know, the, the analyst, to the recruiting coordinator, to the quality assurance guy to the on-field staff, to the person that serves your coffee, who knows, somebody's getting hired every single day, it seems like, on Twitter. And it's the best thing to see. You always consistently want to have that good news out there. And uh, as far as on-field people, Jabbar Jaluk, Kerry Colbert, William Peagler, Rob Sale, Darnell Stapleton, Sean Spencer, Mike Peterson, Jay Bateman, Corey Raymond, and Patrick Tony. besides all of that, there's a ton of other staff hires out there. And Corey Raymond, obviously was the big hire in you know that he started this off with. Corey Raymond set shockwaves around because nobody thought he was ever leaving LSU and then he comes to Florida. Uh, but besides Corey Raymond, and I want to get your opinion on this too because I've always wondered this, which hire in this cast of almost 50 do you think stands out to you that may not stand out much to other people that could play a big key role, whether it's even whether it's just the quality assurance guy? Which one do you think out of all those guys or or gals because there's girls on yep. here too? So which one do you think is like the most underlooked role? I'm gonna go, I'll go Tony at Co DC um, just because first of all he gets that Co DC label so it's like okay you know it's you're sharing defensive coordinator titles and well I mean Sean Sean Spence is coming in to share that DC title with him uh, but Tony was you know identified way before coming with Billy Napier over from Louisiana. And it was just someone that uh, Billy Napier has identified as a guy that he wants to have on his staff and no if, ands, buts or about it. I'm going to have Patrick Tony on my staff. And there was no, no, 
no uh, way Louisiana was going to try and catch him or keep him there. There was no way any other school was going to try and come and poach him and be this next uh, up-and-comer. Because, I mean, think about the way Georgia has done things in their co-DCs, and that's basically what they're going through now. And their, their D.C. left, they took a head, you know, co-DC left and went and took a job at Oregon. I mean, that's maybe a new way of doing things now. And Patrick Tony is really thought to be this young riser, up-and-comer, Come through some really coaching coaching ranks, some some co- coaching tree uh, tied to Dave Aranda there at Baylor, of course. Ron Roberts, uh, the, the history there, and he's just really thought to be this young, bright, up and coming defensive coordinator. That I mean, Billy Napier's trusting him to come to Florida, his first staff at Florida, and be co defensive coordinator. And this was before he even knew who else. I mean, look, Billy Napier had a plan to go get who he wanted to on staff. Right? Did it work out? Probably the the best way? No, they probably missed some, but he had guys ready to go. If he didn't get his first choice, he went and got his second choice right away. And we know all the NFL rumors from Henderson and Scott and those guys maybe not working out. Did you get show, you know, Sean Spence at CoDC, but it was Patrick Tony early in Austin to say, you know, this is going to be my defensive coordinator. This is a guy I know. A guy I have come up with the last few years. He's rose through the ranks with me at Louisiana. I know what I'm getting in him. I trust him to come to Florida with me. My first staff at Florida, first big program, first in the SEC, and he's he's, he's going he's to come in and do some do, do some things and lead this defense. So uh, there's my own field, but Katie Turner off field, um, all the even early reviews that we've seen and videos that we've seen on Twitter and about how instrumental and how, I mean, as soon as she was hired from Georgia, you heard, you saw parents on Twitter of Georgia recruits and Georgia signees that said, Hey, this, she gets it. She's a huge reason we went to Georgia. She's a huge reason we went to Georgia. We love her. She's great at building relationships. She really cares. And we've seen that so far. We've seen the, energy level rise on, on recruiting visits. And um, so I, I think off the field, you know, her, her getting her first break with Napier for years ago, coming in and then Georgia realizing that taking her and then her garnering whatever information that she could gather the last couple of years and seeing how the Georgia recruiting operation works. Well, we know Florida needs to get better in that regard. They got one best, one of the best behind the scenes in Katie Turner. Yeah, I was about to say, Katie Turner and Bree Wade were like two of the, one of the ones that probably I would not think would play a major key role in here. But also, I mean, I got on Twitter just last night and they made a post on Twitter that said, you know, we're, we're high on coffee right now. And, and they're taking a video and I'm like, well, it's 915, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, those two girls are working and, and they're around the clock 24 hours. It's just, it's crazy to see because even with the last staff, and, and this isn't just a diss on the last staff or anything. Like you didn't really yeah. see anything from Lee Davis like that. You didn't see anything from any of those other people mm. out there. So to have somebody, Katie Turner and Bree Wade, even post on social media, letting them know, hey, we're here or I'm drilling uh, Shamar James in basketball or something like that. It's it's great to see that, you know, that they're having relationships with these kids and they're forming other new relationships with kids, hopefully coming in here, which we will discuss later. And I also think that one-two punch between Darnell Stapleton and Rob Sale over there on on the offensive line is really going to help bolster the recruiting aspect of that because nothing could have got worse than Coach Hevesy there recruiting-wise on the offensive line. I think Rob Sale, man, and a lot of people I heard on Twitter saying, oh, well, he failed with the Giants, and he was there one yeah. year in the NFL, blah, 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 blah. You know, 
it's a different animal from bro to college. Uh, you did he did really good when he was in college. Goes to the NFL, has one bad year on a bad team, comes back to the University of Florida. So I, I like the one-two punch we got there at offensive court or offensive line, offensive coordinator, co whatever you want to call it. I know they have a one-two punch between both of them, but yeah, Katie Turner and Bree Wade there are probably my guys or girls. Why did I say guys? I meant girls. I don't think they're <laughs> they're probably going to kill me if they listen to this podcast. But uh, those are the two people that I would also pick as the as the uh, guys standing out. And I kind of want to, you know, I had a question about these transfers coming in. You know, with the transfers from Ohio State, you know, you got Jack Miller, you got Jalen Kimber from UGA, uh, possibly, mm-hmm. you know, obviously people from Napier's former school who were, you know, Cameron Waits, all those guys out there that were really highly regarded transfer portal guys coming in with Montrell Johnson and all of them. Uh, this is a question that I even thought of. Are kids finally starting to see what kind of culture Billy Napier's instilling in the Florida program? Like, instead of, you know, you know how some kids will transfer because they get buried on a depth chart and they're not going to start, so they'll transfer somewhere else. You got Jack Miller, who, who was an up-and-coming guy at Ohio State. Maybe he did want to transfer to get a, a, a second, you know, a second shot at maybe at somewhere in Florida. But you have Jalen Kimber from Georgia. He was going to start at Georgia. He was projected to start at Georgia. He came to transfer to Florida. He had to get that surgery on his shoulder. Came to the University of Florida. So, you know, obviously the Louisiana Lafayette kids are going to transfer with Napier because they had a familiarity with Napier. So that's a that's a good thing. So nobody's going to have to be – they're pretty much a plug and play. You know, they, they already played with his in his offense. Uh, I want to ask you, is it a – culture thing that Billy Napier has set here that kids just want to come play for him or is it just some kids maybe kind of got buried in the Jeff chart just want a second shot at Florida for Kimber it's really interesting he was definitely gonna you know in line for a starting role at Georgia uh, before he nagging shoulder injury before the season started um but Georgia to their credit did recruit really well the defensive backfield um so I don't Definitely not saying running from competition, but it's okay. Well, they got this new class coming in. They're pretty deep there. I'm going into spring fighting even more guys uh, now. So I do think given what's transpired at Florida and Kyrie Elam leaving, Jason Marshall probably going to be number one. I think there's still some question opposite Jason Marshall if Avery Helm or if Jaden Hill can bounce back from his injury, who can be that number two guy? And I think Kimber really does say, hey, I mean, I, I'm good enough. I, I, I can I can play, but and I'm never going to fault guys for, quote, unquote, trying to make it easier on themselves. If there's a lot of depth at Georgia, okay. I mean, I don't I, I don't consider that running from competition. Uh, I, you, try, you want to play football. And if he sees a better yeah. chance at playing football, at the University of Florida in a high level, he's going to go have to go beat some other guys out, just like he would have to at Georgia. But there is a little easier path at Florida probably right now. So Jalen Kimber comes in, I think, really inserts himself into that battle for that number two spot. So I think that's probably more of a more of a looking at a roster, looking at a chance at a big school to play uh, for Torrance. That was really interesting to me because. Leaving Louisiana first, he really could have went to the NFL if he wanted to. He he yeah. could have tested and went to the NFL draft if he wanted to. But credit to him, you know, there was a, a the thought whether it would be Florida, whether it be LSU, whether it be Auburn, if he'd go somewhere and play. I'm mean, like, if you're going to transfer and you're going to transfer to a bigger school, it, it makes sense to transfer to Florida. It makes sense to transfer to Billy Napier 
you don't have to learn a new system. You don't need to go get inserted into a new system at LSU. Maybe that system's not as friendly and it hurts your draft stock. Same thing at Auburn. But you know what you're getting into at a Florida with Billy Napier. Okay, so then I think that that one just made sense uh, for, for Torrance to follow Billy Napier, come into a familiar situation, and then get that spotlight. Get the spotlight of Florida on you uh, before you go take uh, one more year to play and get ready for the NFL draft. Montreal Johnson, probably that one probably is more of a culture and kind of follow something familiar. He knows what Billy Napier's bringing to the table, but he also played a lot as a true freshman. So I think he knows it's a pretty good fit uh, for what he wants to do. But Jack Miller really is the interesting one here. I can't imagine thinking you're going to start with AR in the hype of AR coming off of last year. Um, but right. he didn't let that scare him away. But there's also, I mean, pretty, pretty good depth. For Florida, as far as numbers go at the quarterback position, uh, but Jack Miller, that one, that one, that one's that, that one is interesting. Uh, I don't, I don't know if he knows enough culture of Billy Napier to say it was really culture that brought him over. There's a chance at quarterback, and maybe it's because of AR's injury. Maybe that was part of it. I'm not so sure Billy Napier's all that crazy of what's behind AR. So maybe it's a. Uh, just in case type of situa- situation. So that one's that, that that one's more tricky to me. Um, Billy Napier doesn't really have a whole lot of history either, as far as like he's only been the head coach for four seasons. Yeah, not a quarterback track record to really fall back onto. So that, the, the Jack Miller one's really interesting. I, I'd like to know how Florida and you know how Florida sold him and what sold him on Florida to think. He come he can come and maybe even start or or have that chance of just being a backup. Yeah, it's interesting you brought that up too because I ran Billy Dapier's four year average totals over the past four years when he's at Louisiana Lafayette and uh, you know passing wise per game uh, in those four years he only averaged two hundred thirteen point five yards passing but rushing. He almost matches it with 217.6 rush yards. So you're already going into kind of an offense that likes to run the ball more than, than I guess, pass the ball. And, and you know, a, a dual-threat quarterback, as, as opposed for like Anthony Richardson, would be better in that kind of an offense, at least I think. But yeah. we, don't, we don't really know what Billy Napier is going to do, especially. But we know it's going to be very run-heavy. So any running back, obviously, with Montreal Johnson over there coming up, Louisiana, Lafayette, he, he insert him in the running back rotation as well. Um, you know, you got – you got ETN coming in. Hopefully, you know, mm-hmm. maybe you can take a crack at Citizen here later. But, you know, you also got Bowman, Lingard, and Naquan sitting in the backfield there. Uh, you know, you've got a lot of guys, especially at quarterback. I expect there to be some kind of transfers at quarterback, maybe at running yeah. back too. Uh, but, you know, as far as Jack Miller coming in and insert, you can't really have, I guess, the saying goes, you can't really have too many quarterbacks, but that just means somebody's going to transfer. I'm pretty sure Georgia right. quarterbacks are going to transfer as well too. And remember, Raging Cajun podcast. There's other guys that transferred from Louisiana Lafayette that did not come to Florida. <laughs> so don't be mad at us because not all of them came to Florida. But anyway, I just wanted to get your take on that part because, man, I was kind of thinking about, you know, it, you know, do, do some of these kids just see kind of how Billy Napier has his set organized and how he has his school organized and the way that he runs things? Are they coming for that or are they coming for a second chance? It was kind of cool discussing that a little bit. But National Signing Day here. Coming up here, February 2nd, Groundhog Day. First of all, Dave, let me ask you this question. Does the Groundhog see a shadow or not? Mm, 
Yes. Yes, he does. <laughs> does does the Florida groundhog see its shadow or not? Are there groundhogs in Florida? <laughs> <laughs> does the gator see its shadow? Nah, nah he can't turn around. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, National Signing Day coming up. Some big names out there. One of them, Harold Perkins. Uh, we talked about it. If you have a Gators Breakdown Plus membership, you will know more information on this. But we're not going to give it away because you're not a Gators Breakdown Plus member. you got to be <laughs> to get the information on this. But we, we'll let you have a little bit of crack at it. Uh, Harold Perkins, five-star guy. Uh, linebacker coming in with Shamar James, also another five-star on rivals, uh, top 100, uh, really top 100 four-star there on every other side. Uh, you know, his mom's been very vocal out there on social media, saying a lot of things, uh, including kind of cluing us in that he probably is leaning Florida more than he is any other school. Uh, what's your thoughts on national signing day? Obviously Jacoby Matthews, another big name out there. You got, you know, citizen joining, you got some other like AJ Harris some 2023 kids coming in here. What's your ideal outcome on National Signing Day? Ideal outcome, really interesting, mainly because of these Florida LSU battles that are going to be coming up on Signing Day. So oh, yeah. that was a big topic I hit on, you know, on the latest Gators breakdown. But it's going to be interesting to see this Florida LSU battle with the way they're um, that, that that it's coming out uh, right now, the way Signing Day is shaping up. LSU. You know, for these targets right now that Florida's going after, they're going to be on LSU's campus this coming up weekend. Perkins, Matthews, Florida's two biggest targets on their board are going to be in Baton Rouge this weekend. Uh, and everything I'd say, like if signing day was right now, they were recording on Thursday. If signing day was Thursday, I'd say Matthews, Florida. I'd say Perkins, Florida. But you can't count out kids going to LSU very last weekend before signing day uh, and Brian Kelly there and all that. So, you know, it's all about the, the how, I think how they see the relationship with Brian Kelly and, and whatever changes are, are going on there at LSU. So uh, a lot to sell there, especially for Matthews being a Louisiana kid and, you you know, you, know, you have that aspect of it and Perkins and his con- connections to, to New Orleans. So they even have Louisiana connections there. But that interesting dynamic of you know, these two teams already hate each other. The two fan bases don't really care for each other already anyway. And now you throw in more recruiting battles uh, here for uh, Florida and LSU. Uh, Trevante Citizen maybe throw him in that mix as well for another Florida-LSU battle at their running back position. So, I mean, there's just a lot to point to Florida-LSU battle going into National Signing Day. Um, that's because of who Florida's going after. Never mind the fact it's Florida LSU battle either. These are just top athletes. Florida can use a Jacoby Matthews. Florida can use a Harold Perkins uh, to infuse the roster there. We've seen linebacker play at Florida. Florida doesn't have good linebacker play or did not have good linebacker play. We'll see. Hopefully some coaching changes make a difference there as well. But the the one that had promise left, he transferred. (laughs) <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, your best linebacker toward the end of the year was Tyron Hopper, no longer on the roster. Mamou Diabate, your leading tackler on the team, no longer on the roster. Yep. Florida needs an influx of talent at the linebacker position. So not only do you want to go beat LSU, you just want to make your roster better to begin with. Uh, Jacoby Matthews, of, of course, I mean, if Florida's going to get back to that DBU moniker, you got Raymond there leading the charge, but you got to bring your, bring the athletes with it. And that uh, Florida knocked it out of the park. Kamari Wilson, Devin Moore, early signing day. Can they do it one more time with Jacoby Matthews? That's right. You best bet that Brian Kelly will have Garth Brooks blasted on on, <laughs> on the loudspeaker there with, with all those commits. Uh, I, I guess the uh, I guess we call them commits. We'll call them prospects uh, come to LSU. But, yeah, man. 
uh, National Signing Day, February 2nd. Getting Dave's perspective here. And, you know, I had to have you on the first podcast, the Getting Swamp podcast. And we did. I talked to you. I'm going to give away a Gators Breakdown Plus membership for uh, for, for folks out there. Uh, you're missing out on a lot of information out there, man. Uh, it's 30, it, it, the lowest tier you have, $30 for the year, $3 a month. Yep. You get the Discord chat, you get everything. You, there's other perks with other tiers as you go up. There's like a $5 or $10 tier. Uh, Dave, tell everybody how they can get on, you know, Gators Breakdown Discord and, and, and what kind of stuff that they get out of it. Yeah, Dave, I mean, you know, that, that Discord's become a, a life of its own, a pretty good community uh, <laughs> that we've built there, uh, just talking, you know, pretty much Gator football. You know, if you've seen me less on Twitter, it's mainly because we're spending time in the Gators Breakdown Plus Discord. So, yeah, um, yeah it's like, like Dave said, you can sign up as little as three bucks a month. Uh, that really just gets, honestly, just kind of to show support uh, to kind of keep what we're doing at Gators Breakdown going. Uh, as well, but I want to give you people back something back in return. So we got that Discord chat room uh, where just is Gator talk all day, all day, all day long. Uh, other aspects too. If you want to talk life, if you want to talk video games, you want to talk other sports. We got all that going on in there too. Uh, there, but uh, yeah, that's uh, it's been a big part of it. But also, if you join Gators Breakdown Plus, in a lot of the episodes I'll do, I'll throw up early on there. If it's a pre-recorded episode, I'll throw it up early. Uh, as well as a, as a, you know, throwing a bone your way, definitely, especially during the season, Dave, you know, but we marked this out like crazy a Q and a episode that just lived on Gators breakdown plus uh, every, every week uh, there will still be custom episodes uh, for, for just Gators breakdown plus members as well uh, that live there. So early signing day or not early national signing day coming up, you know, probably uh, do some exclusive uh, content there as well, but yeah, just uh, um Different way of getting more Gators Breakdown content out there. Right, yeah. There's there's a whole ton of people. We got, what, 300 people in there now, don't you? Yeah, yep. 300 people, Gators Breakdown Plus, uh, and almost every one of them have taken advantage of the uh, Discord chat room. Right, and if you want to get away, get a break from Twitter, get a break from social media, I guess you could hop on Discord because we all talk Gators there. Everybody's respectful. There's no trolling. There's nothing because they will ban you. If you, you <laughs> that's, that's a different <laughs> thing. No politics, no, no Georgia uh, attacking fans. people. It is uh, just pure, straight, mostly 90% Gator football conversation. That's right. And we ask questions like this in the Gators Breakdown Plus chat. And I'm going to end you with this, Dave. I'm going to do rapid fire. Right. This, my, this is my new section on my podcast. I'm calling it rapid fire. And it's completely three different questions that you don't even – it has nothing to do with Florida Gator football. Okay. My first question, your favorite whiskey, man. Favorite whiskey. There we go. Um, give me some Buffalo Trace bourbon. I was about to say, I know you're a whiskey guy, so I had to ask you that. Yeah, yeah. What does Gator Dave do on his off time away from WJXT and Gator's Breakdown? Uh, he said nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Uh, probably uh, family time is probably just a given. So uh, if, probably, if you're looking for a hobby, uh, video games. All right. Funniest guy out there on Gator social media. Ooh. Patrick Simpson. Patrick Simpson. There you go. There you go. I, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Besides Gator Ryan's wrong, uh, wrong score predictions every year. Yeah, besides Ryan's, yeah, wrong, <laughs> wrong predictions to get it right, I guess. But uh, yeah, Patrick, uh, Patrick chased me up. All right, Dave, man. Nice having you on, man. Breaking in the first podcast, having one of my best buddies on, one of the best out there in Gator, Florida social media, man. Uh, you're, you've taken off ever since 2018. Now it's 2022, and and you're sitting here. 
20,000 plus followers strong on Twitter. And I think I was watching Gators Breakdown the other night live, and you had 430 guys just viewing it. So, uh, yeah, special Uh, shout out to you, man. I mean, that's just a lot of growth from from where you started till now. So, Dave, tell everybody where they can find Gators Breakdown and Gators Breakdown Plus. We already did that, but tell them where they can find regular Gators Breakdown out there. Yeah, you can find it at news4jacks.com slash Gators Breakdown, your favorite podcast platform out there in the YouTube version uh, out there as well. You can follow me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. All right, David Waters, thanks for joining me on Getting Swamp, man. Thanks, Dave. Need a sign for your company, your man cave, your live stream, or podcast? Give my guy Brandon White a shout-out at White & Sons Wood Carving. He has the best handcrafted signs nationally, all custom-fit for your needs. With state-of-the-art paint and epoxy, you can have that glow of your sign, too, with some custom LEDs as a package as well. Give him a shout-out on Twitter, at WS Wood Carving. You can also follow him on Twitch and check out his Facebook page at White & Sons Wood Carving. Top-of-the-line signs made from scratch. You're listening to the Getting Swamped Podcast with your host, David Soderquist, your number one source for all things college football and Florida Gators. All right, folks, that was David Waters, man. Just a quick little rundown of his opinion on some of the questions that, you know, I was asked to, some people asked me to ask some of the questions. Some of them were my formations of a question that I wanted to ask him, especially on National Signing Day coming up. And, uh, you know, the competition between Florida and LSU, it's going to come down to the wire over there. So hopefully Brian Kelly isn't playing Sweet Baton Rouge, and uh, maybe we'll get some of those uh, recruits to come over here to the University of Florida. But I looked up some stats the other day because I'm a big stat nerd. I, I, I love stats, man. Stats, are, stats can be telling in most ways. I would say stats are about 75% telling and 25%. Eh, it's just paper. This is not what really happened. This is actually what happened. And that's why this stat is this way. So take it for what you will. But, uh, you know, I averaged up Billy Napier's four year averages over offensive points per game, rush yards, defensive points allowed per game, pass yards, penalties, everything that pretty much almost plagued Florida in the the first four years, especially except for offensive points per game. We, 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 we weren't that bad when Dan Mullen was here. I got to give Dan Mullen credit for the offensive points per game, but everything else, oh my God, we don't even want to talk about that. But Billy Napier's tenure as a head coach from 2018 to 2021, offensive points per game average in those four years was 32.6, which is tremendous. That's great, especially if you're scoring that in the SEC against these SEC teams that are better defenses scoring 30 points per game, you're pretty much in every game if you have somewhat of an average defense. We all learned that from Todd Grantham. You know, you don't have an average defense. You, you, you get slaughtered against everybody. Rush yards per game average over the last four years, 217.6. The guy can run the ball. The guy loves to run the ball. And if he's running the ball, he's going to run it down your throat. 217.6, that is a lot. That was uh, – Shoot, I can't even. I didn't even look up the stat on where that ranked in the nation for the past four years. I should have done that, but it had to have been pretty high. It had to have been in the top ten, if not top five. Uh, defensive points allowed per game in his four years, twenty four point one. So that's not really good. You kind of want those defensive numbers under that twenty range, especially going into the SEC. Um, you know, <laughs> giving up twenty four point one points per game on average is fine if your team's scoring well over thirty maybe even into the 40s. We saw that in 2020. 
we were scoring like 40, 50 points a game, but we were also giving up 40 to 50 points a game too. So that was, that wasn't good. Uh, but you know, defensive points allowed per game and you know, that's not bad, but you, you kind of wanted under 20 in the sec. If you're going to win some of these sec defensive heavy games, because the defenses get harder in the sec. Napier entered the 2018 season giving up 35.5 points per game. Ouch, 106th in the nation ranked in his first year. But then his defense was ranked 20th in 2019, 28th in 2020, and 9th in the nation after that, giving up 22 or less points each year afterwards. So he did improve the defense once he got there dramatically from 106th all the way in the 30s and below. And then once he, you know, his last year had him in the top 10. So hats off to Billy Napier there for uh, improving that defense and uh, getting those guys, players, the players invested and in actually wanting to compete. So pass yards per game average. And I know Dan Mullen had more passing yards per game average, which I believe it was almost in the 300s. Uh, his passing yards per average was only 213.5 in his four years, which not going to get it done in the SEC. You're going to have to be able to chuck the ball, but when you're running the ball that effectively over 200 yards per game, why do you want to pass the ball anyway? So those two stats together can kind of, I guess, cancel each other out, or you could say, well, he was running the ball effectively. Why did he have to pass the ball? So, you know, think about it. Food for thought there, I guess. Uh, Each year, he was ranked in the 80s or more in passing yards per game. So, yeah, you you don't want to be ranked anywhere especially like past the 60s range in passing. Now, if you're running the ball effectively in the top 10 like he was, then then, then okay, then you're more of a run-heavy team, so I, I understand why you're going for the run. Now, this is a stat that plagued Florida to death, especially last year. Penalties per game. Billy Napier, through four years, averaged 5.5 penalties per game. That's really good, actually. That is really good. So on average, you're only committing four to five penalties a game. I'll take it. In 2018, Napier would enter the season averaging 4.8 penalties per game, which is good for 23rd in the nation, right right up there. Then had one really bad year in 2019, ranking 110th in the nation, giving up an average of 7.1 penalties per game. But then had them ranked 76th with 6.2 penalties per game, then 42nd with 5.5 penalties per game. So... He gradually improved those penalties throughout the, the years they was there. So as long as you see improvement from a head coach and more discipline, that's what you want to see. Because Florida had a very undisciplined team. They had a really, really undisciplined team. Florida, on the other hand, they averaged 6.6 penalties per game from 2018 to 2021 under Dan Mullen. Ranked 118th, giving up 7.9 penalties per game in 2018. Then would see some improvement. You know, having averages of 5.5 and 5.3 from 2019 to 2020. But then in 2021, Dan Mullen's last season would rank 119th, giving up an average of 7.8 penalties per game. Ouch. Can we say false start? There was a ton of those. Do you remember that in 2021? Not going to see that anymore with Billy Napier. I can rest assured that that was uh, just a... uh, that 2021 season was hard to watch. With uh, it seemed like there was it was snowing yellow flags every game that we that we watched out there in 2021. But you know at least you see where Napier came in and the penalties were bad and he gradually improved them as the years went on. So hopefully we see that here at the University of Florida too. More disciplined play, more kids up wanting to wanting to play, wanting to play for a coach will lead to less penalties and less this stat. 
turnovers. Turnover margin for Billy Napier for the past four years was plus 0.6. Napier would rank number one in the nation in turnover margin in 2021, his last year at plus 1.2. The year before, he would have them ranked at 11th, so still almost right there in the top 10 with a plus 0.9 turnover margin. Louisiana Lafayette would then rank 36th in 2019 and 69th in Napier's first year in 2018. So Napier would vastly improve the turnover margin at Louisiana Lafayette in his time for the Raging Cajuns. Uh, and want to know where, uh, where Florida was ranked in Mullins' tenure, guys? Let's see. 15th in 2018, which is good. That's really good. That's pretty good elite defense. But 50th in 2019, 80th in 2020, 118th in 2021. Ouch. We call that the Todd Grantham effect. So, sayonara, Todd Grantham. Sayonara, Coach Hevesy. There's a new sheriff in town by the name of Billy Napier. So, that's just a quick rundown of the stats that I gathered uh, just the other night. I was actually, you know, uh, on some of these stat sites. Uh, TeamRankings.net has a great rundown of statistics and categories of just about anything, and it's free. So, TeamRankings.net is where I get a lot of those stats from. Also, there's other sites out there like Pro Football Focus. I think you got to have a paid membership for those and, and some other sites out there. Uh, Lads is a good one, too. That gives you a good roster rundown of, of, of other things. Uh, but, yeah, man, uh, it was – you love to see improvement in a head coach and you love to see just – in the recruiting department, we haven't even seen him coach a game yet. So I'm not going to say that Billy Napier is just this big Superman and he's going to come in here and fix everything and we're going to be undefeated next year. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not, and I'm not expecting that. But to see improvement. 2022 is an improvement season. It's not a, hey, we're going to go get the national championship. That's the ultimate goal. That's what you want. I mean, that would be great if that was to happen, but I'm not expecting that. But 2022 is an improvement season. First of all, you want to see improvement in penalties, improvement in turnover margin, improvement in, I guess, rushing the ball. I mean, our offensive line wasn't the best last year. It wasn't bad. It just wasn't the best. You want to see a lot more discipline play. You want to see kids be held accountable. How many times did we see a, a shoe throw or a, or a guy holding his hands up, getting all these penalties, and Dan Mullins just sitting there on the sideline, letting it happen? Yeah, you're the team captain next game. Won't happen with Billy Napier. Billy Napier instills a very organized, very tough schedule for these kids, and also the, you know discipline is part of that. He, he's going to instill discipline in these kids, and... That's what you want to see. You want to see improvement in 2022. You don't want to. You don't want to expect national championship. You, you probably won't. There's. There's. You know. You got teams like Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, LSU, Texas A&M now <laughs> out recruiting everybody. So you you're, you're battling with Jimbo. You're battling with Saban. You're battling with Kirby right now in a transition class. So just remember that. Just look for improvement. You want to see improvement in recruiting. So I. You know. And I talked about this in Gators Breakdown Plus Discord. I said. I would rather see improvement in 2023. If we go eight and four, say we go eight and four, nine and three, even seven and five, seven and five, I really don't want to see that because uh, that would just be horrible. The lowest I would say probably eight and four. But then if you see improvement in recruiting, say we get a top five class, we get like three five stars in the class or, or some, just some big elite recruits that we've never even pulled with the last staff or the staff before that, that's improvement. That's what I'm looking for. That's what every Florida Gator fan should be looking for is improvement in the next class for Billy Napier in recruiting, in penalties, in turnover margin, and all these other statistics that I had just listed. You want to see improvement. So 
that's my opinion on that. But man, special shout out to David Waters for joining me tonight on the Getting Swamp podcast. First episode, got to break it in right with a an elite guy out there in Florida Gator Nation. And I did promise Gators Breakdown Plus. I'll be giving out a Gators Breakdown Plus membership to anybody who's following my Facebook page or my Twitter page. So I will randomly select one of you guys. And if you already have a Gators Breakdown Plus membership, you can give it away to somebody else. Give it to a, uh, just don't give it to a Georgia fan, please, because we'll, he'll probably be kicked off the Discord server. That's a waste of money. We don't do that. Give it to somebody. Maybe say happy birthday, happy anniversary, happy uh, happy Friday. We're recording this on a Thursday night. Tomorrow's Friday, so happy Friday or, or something. Here, here, I'll buy you a beer. Uh, you know, whatever, whatever you want to do. Give it away or, or use it for yourself. It, 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 you know, make sure that they're a Gator fanatic, though, because if they're not a Gator fanatic, then I, I wouldn't give it to them. you got to be a Gator fanatic if you're going into Gators Breakdown Plus. That's a uh, great territory, a great uh, group of guys we got in there. Everybody's respectful. There's If you, you want to get away from Twitter or any kind of trolling Twitter, any kind of rival fan base, you go into Gators Breakdown Discord. We've got it under control in there. We do not put up with anything like that. So, uh, yeah, special shout-out to David Waters, but that'll end it. That'll end it for episode one of the Getting Swamp podcast, bringing you the latest in Florida Gator college football statistics, special guests, and social media. Thank you for listening to the Getting Swamp podcast. <laughs>